Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go, go, go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show. Ooh. What does this button do? Please, please, do not push the button. You have no idea what it is. What the? Talking tech. With the techie guy. You are thinking. On cliffcentral.com. Welcome to another Talking Tech on CliffCentral.com. My name is Liron Segev, known as The Techie Guy. Check out the blog on thetechieguy.com. And today we're talking about all things technology, and we just want to make it simple so, again, all of us can understand it. And in order to do that, I can't do this by myself, I have got Tanya Kowalski in studio. How's it, Tanya? Hi, Liron. You ready for this? Yes, I am. Right, so I like the way that you mentioned me some, just after saying we make it simple, tech simple. Well, you know, are you I'm, trying to say something? I, I'm trying to say that I need help, and you are the one to help me get it to the finish line. Because I can dumb it down a little bit, we right? We can speak slowly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Tanya, um, your blog, is it, um, just tell us about that blog quickly. What's the address? It's called Rattle and Mum, um, www.rattleandmum.co.za. It's a parenting blog, but I do a lot of tech writing as well. Okay, so I mean that, that's that's kind of the cool element that um, Tanya brings to the table is that it's not about geeks, it's not about ones and zeros, and it's not about TCP/IP addresses and networking. What? Exactly. What is that? Okay. Uh, exactly. That's what we want to hear. So if you want all that crap, you can find a million places online that you can find this. We're talking about real good, useful stuff that people can actually use, and that's the point of our lovely show that we host once a week. So, without further ado, we've got a very, very cool lineup today. We're talking about YouTube. We are talking about um, being able to be influential in today's tech hyper-connected world. And we've got Ryan Hogarth in studio, who's going to be coming and chatting to us about his book, which is How to Win Influence and Friend People. Um, it's quite doing so well on Amazon as well. You can download it, but we'll give him a plug later just because he happens to be in studio. And we're just nice like that, right? That's the way kind of we roll. Um, so, oh, uh, let's get on to our show. And you'll see that over in the last couple of days, um, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook have been gone absolutely nuts with this Mike Fanning story. Have you read this? Have you seen this? I've seen it, yeah. I saw it on Twitter. Um, I saw the images and then... I saw lots of links to Vimeo or YouTube. Okay, so this is this is an amazing story. It's surfing legend Mick Fanning who's got attacked by a shark um, while surfing the J Bay um, International Competition, um, you know, over the over the last couple of days. And basically, obviously, it was filmed because it's an international event, and the whole thing got captured and uploaded onto onto, onto YouTube. What was really really cool about this little story is that within hours, this thing had reached a million views. And nine hours later, this thing has now reached um, over nine million views, I believe, is the last count, last night that I checked. Um, But what was really cool is that a lot of people actually heard about this via social media. Mm. So, I don't know, were you one of those people who watched this thing on TV or the first time you heard of it was on TV? No, definitely Twitter. Um, And then I heard a couple of hours later from people who were there. But okay. by that time, it, it ah, was old news because, you know, I found out on Twitter first. And, and, and that's the way the kind of the world rolls these days. Oh, um, absolutely. So, so let's put out the question. So, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, so it's Cliff Central ID is on WeChat or at Cliff Central com on Twitter. Um, my Twitter account is at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V. Um, Tanya's one is at Tanya Kowalski. 
Yeah. And Tanya's going to spell the first. T-A-N-Y-A-K-O-V-A-R-S-K-Y. So just how did you hear about the um, the whole shark attack? Did you, did you also see it on YouTube? Did you also hear it, um, you know, see it on SABC1, 2, or 3? Um, or did you kind of see it on, on one of the regular news channels? How did you hear about this? So just let it reach out and let, let, let us know. Um, but I think what's really, really cool about this particular, um, what this particular thing is just how viral this thing has become. Mm. Um, within hours, millions of people from literally around the world were able to tune in and watch this thing. And there was the slow version, the replay, there was a blow by blow, there was a, yeah, there was, I mean, there was there a, were short ones, there were longer ones. The whole t- it was um, his interview, it was the Sharks interview, I mean, they've interviewed everybody. But, but it's fascinating because you sure. can't emulate that. I mean, that's reality. TV or oh, entertainment sure. or viewing at its best. You can't create that moment. And I don't think anyone has really ever seen a shock attack or Just a potential like shock attack sure. that's in real time. But I mean, it ticked all the right boxes. So it was like a real story. Okay. It was news. It was these human elements, like what's going to happen. Yeah. That was the whole Jaws thing, obviously. <laughs> you know, do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there was the feel good story because he came out of that like unscathed. Um, and, and so that it ticked all the right boxes. So I saw this very, very cool thing with saying that how much data we actually using um, for video. Like and watching or uploading? No, or watching. So oh. they say that um, like Cisco did this, they, they, these like yearly insane surveys, and they said video is expected to grow to 84% um, in the United States by 2018, up from 78%, which it is currently. But what I think was more fascinating was the fact that they said – 2011, people used to watch an average of one minute of, of video online. A um, day. A day, one minute. Yeah, and now? Today it's 39 minutes Shh. through their mobile devices only. Wow. Okay, I mean, that's a… And that's to say nothing about going home and sure. you know, accessing off your laptop or and, and your, tablet. And, absolutely. So, wow. that, I mean, that's quite a that's quite a substantial… 39. Uh, so, 39 minutes. So, it's 39 minutes is made up of 17 minutes on a smartphone, 22 minutes on a tablet. Okay, just to kind of okay. put, make, make oh, the 39, okay. 39 minutes up. And, and do they break it down into content? What kind of content people are watching? Okay, or? so they said that was, um, YouTube releases something called the Insights Report, um, which kind of gives you all the statistics and information about, um, about what people are watching on, on YouTube. And what was really cool is they said, so I mean, I'm going to read out three stats, which I thought was quite fascinating. They said 66% of beauty products purchases indicated that YouTube influenced their buying decisions. Because they could visualize how to use the product. Now that's sixty-six percent. That's quite a large number. So can I can I just ask: Is this yeah. an ad, or is this, say, a beauty blogger testing out all, the latest makeup? All, all, okay. all the above. Okay, so okay. The comment is across the board. Seventy-two um, percent of auto vehicle purchased indicated that they uh, made their decision based of in-action videos of of people putting YouTube videos online, and sixty-two percent of smartphone purchases indicated that they. Um, bought their video, uh, they bought their mobile phones or their latest tech based on the fact that they watched, um, how to videos reviews online as well. So 66% of beauty products, 72% of vehicles and 62% of smartphones, all because of people doing stuff on YouTube. Mm. Okay. Brands should really, I mean, <laughs> wake up and not miss this little opportunity that's happening, that's happening. So to me, Something called, there's a term called newsjacking. Have you heard of this? Newsjacking? Mm-mm, no. So, so newsjacking is quite cool. It's basically, it's a term which says something's happening in the real world. How do we change it so people can draw their attention to you as a brand, but without kind of taking away from the value of the news? Mm. So obviously if there's a, 
a tragedy, a hurricane, a disaster, sh- shooting in a school. You, know, you don't want to be that guy or that company that says, well, had they ate Marmite, they never would have died. Huh. You, you know, I don't want to be that company. But what, um, like, for example, what's this whole shark attack thing? He happened to be wearing a Samsung branded shirt. Samsung should be all over this to say, hey, check how well we protect our consumer. Apple, on the other hand, should do a parody video saying even sharks don't want Apple, you know, don't want Samsung crappy products. Um, you know, Nando should be all over this to say, um, you know, at least our surfers are as hot as our peri chicken. You know, things like that. So it's well, taking a, a, a something and making it taking something newsworthy and riding on that wave, uh, but yeah. without being without being disrespectful to the original story. I think that's kind of key because a lot of people have done this wrong. Yeah. Um, so newsjacking is about taking the original story, which the world has focused their attention on. It's trending all over the world and making it about basically about your brand. So brands, YouTube. I mean, seriously, you got to be all over this. The other cool thing is that um, the Turkish airline video, which is basically an ad for the Turkish airlines, okay, has got 137 million views. Okay, that is 137 million people choosing to watch an advert. Okay, as opposed to skipping it on PVR and TV that we have at the moment, just using it as a bathroom break. So clearly. Um, you know, YouTube done right is actually something that brands should be very, very much, uh, very, very much into. Um, got quite a cool article on this on, um, on the blog, so which I'll do a tweet to that and you guys can check out those reports as well if you want to get to the actual stats and information if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, no, I'm just recalling a great news yeah. jacking, as you call it, or mm. as it's called. No, um, I'm calling it. Are you calling it? Oh, sorry, copyright. Uh, Leroy Segev, TM, to, yeah. 2015. <laughs> um, a couple of months ago, when Luis Suarez, the football player, but yes. a face or an ear, um, and Snickers jumped on that bandwagon really well. There we go. Um, you know, they had these chocolate ads saying like more satisfying than Italian because he'd bitten uh, sure. an Italian player. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's cool because it's talking about newsjacking, but you're not being disrespectful. Not being disrespectful. And you're being funny. You're playing on a thing. And the whole thing started, by the way, with Oreo cookies, you know, the, the one that we all have. Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> happened in the US where everybody was watching the American football um, finale, the NFL, and then they had a power failure in the stadium and everything went pitch, pitch black. Yeah. Now, you imagine the, the world's attention is focusing on this one event and, and disaster strike. Oreos did a very simple thing. They tweeted. A picture of the Oreos said you can still dunk in the dark. And that thing just went insane. Yeah, you have so to be you gotta be quick, quick. Right? You gotta be quick off the mark. I'm pretty sure we'll see something from Nando's today or tomorrow. Surely. It's gotta be. Yeah. So the Nando's agency, please note if you need some ideas, I have them. <laughs> All right. So speaking of um speaking of going viral and becoming influential in your in, in your business, we're gonna um get Ryan into studio and he's gonna come and chat to us about his latest book, How to Win um, how to win influence and friend people. Ryan Hoggart in studio right after this. Right, and we are back and we're in the studio. We've got Ryan Hoggart, who is the author of How to Win Influence and Friend People, along, along with many other things that he does. Ryan, are you in here? Are you available? I'm, you're online? I'm, I'm here. I'm here available and ready. And ready to do this. Yes. Right? Um, so just before the break, we were talking about how do people hear about the, um, you know, the Hawk shark attack, Mick Fanning, Mike, Mick Fanning story. How did you hear about it originally? Um, nine gag, actually. Okay. I, I saw a gif on nine gag. It was like, what the hell is that? And went to go and find the, uh, find the original footage and the story. Yeah. But all or none. But, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You didn't go to your SABC one, two or three. 
and or, waited or buy for a newspaper. I'm sorry, buy a? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember. A risk of paper cut? I, don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I do remember those days, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole thing. I mean, we've got here a message. I'm on um, WeChat from Darren from PE. I mean, that's his ID. I'm not saying he's from PE. Um, I first um, heard about it whilst going through my timeline on Facebook, purely because I went there before Twitter. Both social medias were flooded with the video. So there we go. So it just goes to show you most people have actually seen the breaking. And when they say breaking news these days, it doesn't necessarily mean on the hour, on top of the hour, mm. you know, or CNN's version of breaking news mm. kind of idea. Um, but that's been quite, sort of been quite, quite, quite interesting. So, I mean, Ryan, this is kind of, I mean, you do a whole bunch of stuff. I yeah. mean, I asked Ryan for a title and I got basically a three page essay saying, what do you do? So speaker <laughs> change and com- communication and social business. Yes. Okay. I, if you had to demystify that a little bit, what, what is it all about? You know what? I think it's uh, to, to distill it down, I, what fascinates me and what I talk about and what I study and, and am very interested in is the changing dynamic of customers and employees and how that's changing the world. Initially, five years ago when I started speaking, it was all about social media, which was a good time to be talking about social media because it was just becoming a thing for I business. Think, yeah. um, and there was a lot of confusion about it. But probably within a year or so of that, there were, you know, you could throw a stick and hit three or four social media speakers. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't want to get stuck talking about this. This is how you tweet and this is how you set up a Facebook page. I, I was just, I was more fascinated with how, with that changing dynamic, you know, what happens when your customers suddenly have an unlimited access to instant information? Mm-hmm. How does that change their relationship with a brand? And what about employees, millennials coming into the workplace and, and approaching work completely differently? You know, there, there's no interest in settling down for, you know, I'm not sitting, coming to work with you for my career. I'm here, I'm, I'll work for you as as long as there's opportunity, as long as I'm working with great people, as long as we're doing amazing things. Um, and that land generally lands up being about a year to 18 months of yeah. uh, working anywhere and then, okay, look, you know, there's something else for me, I'm leaving. So, And that changes everything. Sure. You know, it changes recruitment. It changes uh, well, business, retail. It changes everything, yeah. I mean, we've seen in the past mm-hmm. where, um, you know, it, the olden days are gone, where, you know, you got a job. You know, you, did, you went to school, went to university, got a job, stayed in a career for 40 years, got a Rolex and a handshake, and they looked after you mm. till retirement. Those days were, I mean, are long gone. Um, people are preferred to do it for themselves, first of all. But a lot of people say, look, I'd rather earn less money. Um, if, especially the millennials, kind of, if you allow me internet, mm. flexi time, if I have to wear shoes as optional, mm. you know, people are, I prefer to make less money. But have more of a flexible working life. And in truth, it's not just—it's not just the preference. It is also a reality in terms of, you know, there used to be this thing called job security. You know, so if you went and worked at Ernst and Young, sure. you were guaranteed as long as you, you know, kept your head down and followed the rules, you were there for forty years. That guarantee mm-hmm. has all but evaporated. So, so between that and the preference, um, and and millennials are generally being—they're growing up in a world where they honestly, you know, YouTube and and Instagram, you know—they they honestly believe. <laughs> believe that they can change the world that they are going to they can be great stars in whatever they choose to sure. do um, and they're and they're chasing that whether whether it bears out in reality or Absolutely. not that's that's the promise for them but i think the hunger is there i mean and, 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 and what's very very cool and this is kind of why we love tech um is it's, it's the level playing field mm. that you could be in a village in kenya um, having access to a little bit of wi-fi a little bit of internet and you could come up with this amazingly cool sms application 
that just goes insanely and, and, and they make a shitload of money. That's a technical term, by the way. With a very precise definition. I, I just sure. want to be clear. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have to be the multi-billion dollar company mm. with lots of R&Ds. Mm. I mean, the, comp- the bigger, the next Uber, in inverted mm. commas, could literally come from anywhere. Yeah. And, and that's what's quite cool. Uh, it's more, you know, probably still my favorite example of that. I think it was probably four years ago now was, was a, a woman in Kenya who, who developed iCal, which yeah. was, you know, an SMS, an SMS platform letting, you know, you've got a rural cow farmer in the middle of Kenya somewhere. Um, and he's getting information on, you know, time to breed, Absolutely. you know, uh, all that, just a, a, the, the price of meat that uh, it's just, Astounding and fantastic. Uh, and the cool thing is it's SMS. So you kind of, you go to the States when everybody has the iPhone and mm. the iPad and they go, obviously iPhones work throughout the whole of Africa. And then you go, yes, but hold on, we have very different <laughs> requirements. You can't go file save as yeah. Africa and it will just work. Okay. Um, you know, for us, an SMS based application is an application mm. where instead of walking 40 kilometers to the market to work out what the price of maize is today, mm. you get a notification on your phone. And that's invaluable stuff. Um, and that's a proper application as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. it's So business needs to change, right? I mean, um, the, the olden ways of doing business is just no, no, no longer. Um, you can write an app and have access to a billion customers potentially. Um, you can open up a store and have a, um, access to people walking past your, your, your shop front. How are you seeing that business has changed over kind of even the recent times? Uh, well, I think all the change is, is pretty much over recent times. I mean, if we think of – you know, traditionally, 10 years, if you think of a 10-year period in, in the corporate space, you know, that was – there was a slow evolu- evolution over mm. 10 years. But then you take something like Facebook, which became a global standard with in less than that. And, and this is the struggle is, you know, well, in 10 years, we're still testing. We're still thinking about things. We're still seeing who's going to fall over, fall over using this and learn from their mistakes. Yet we're, they're having to adopt technology mm-hmm. a lot faster. Um, and, the, and, the, and the fascinating thing for me is the attempt at, at wow, there's all this new technology. Let's do old things mm, 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 with mm. new technology instead oh. of seeing this is this is changing everything. So where are the new opportunities there? You know, and we saw that with Facebook and Twitter and brands went great. This is an advertising platform, yeah, and and so they they sealed off. Sure. Uh, social media and marketing and said, okay, no one else is allowed access no, to the exactly. internet, but marketing's allowed to tweet. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, and that backfired and didn't work. So we we're all learning on the fly, but, but what's, it really is changing everything. And, and, and what I, what I'm loving and, and, and seeing the evolution, and we're in the very early stages of this, but I think over the next five and 10 years, this is going to become a major thing is, is, we're changing how we organize ourselves and perhaps companies like Google were pioneers of it and everyone thought they were corporate hippies 12 years ago <laughs> when they built a campus and had hammocks and sleeping pods and free food and Wi-Fi and all of that sort of thing. But they were very deliberate in what they were doing in terms of building an environment where people will interact with each other, will communicate and come up with amazing things like, like AdSense, which I discovered was, was, you know, which generates how many billions of dollars. Sure. And that was four engineers playing pool, having a chat and coming up with that idea. And that's exactly what they want. So we see how, we're, so the old, uh, system of, you know, organograms and mm-hmm, structure, mm-hmm. command and control and, uh, you know, a manager with five people and sure. all of that is disappearing. And we're looking at because 
the approach to work is, yeah, I want to work for you, but I want to be part of something amazing. And I want to, so this whole move to self-managing teams where sure. people can mm-hmm. organize themselves in the best way possible. You know, the, 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 the disappearing of formal titles and roles within organizations. That's, that's changing. You, know, you have a team of five people and they sit there and go, okay, well, I'll take care of this part of thing. I'll deal with that. So that's where, I think it's going to go, and just because it makes sense, we're able to move at a at a, at a pace that that is required because things are so fast, and we don't have time to, uh, you know, like where you have a company say, "Great, we're going to have a Twitter account," but before mm-hmm. anybody tweets, it needs three levels of approval. Yeah, that doesn't um, work. <laughs> it, it, those things, not, but I mean, it, the stuff <clears throat> changes so quickly. Mm. I mean. Um, I, I loved Mark Zuckerberg kind of card CEO bitch, you know, <laughs> it's like everybody else kind of the same, same, same level. So, mm. um, but you talk about in your book a lot about the culture, yes. um, you know, the, the business culture. Um, you can't have those 13 levels of approval. It takes five days to mm. set out a tweet because about that much, it's the negative perception that it builds out there. Mm. The damage has been done. This online reputation management. Um, so should people in business have their own Twitter accounts individually? Because you know it's a fine line. You got a, let's just say you got a small company, fifty employees. Do you need fifty? Um, and, you know each one is on is online. This whole thing of disclaimer tweets are my own, not my company's. Mm-hmm. Very fine line, you know, there's something that says that it does cover it's you. It's highly theoretical, you know, no. All, all, yeah. all, of, all of that. Is, is you at the company picnic? You know, how does that work out? You know what I think? I, you know, before you're discussing those sorts of questions, and, and I don't think there's a, there's, there's definitely not a, a single answer. Mm. You know, there's, it's variable on industry. It's variable in, uh, you know, what you're doing and how, how this all works. But, but when we're talking about culture, my, my realization or, or what, what seems very real to me is, there are two elements to this. You know, we all, we get wrapped up in the technology and the technology is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if we forget about people, and when I say people, your own employees as well as your customers, you know, you can have all the technology in the world, but if you don't understand your customers and where they are and what they're doing and how they behave, you're going to miss. On, conversely, if you have a deep understanding of your people, but don't use the technology that reaches them, you're going to miss. So it really is a combination of both of these things and understanding both. And we go, okay, great. We're going to approach this brave new world. We have to start with culture and, and, and culture comes down to trust. You know, your, if you're in a workplace, you've all got to trust each other. And the tough thing about trust is somebody has to go first. <laughs> and and it's probably if, if you have a business, it's going to be you as the owner, CEO, sure. senior level management go, you know, we're going to trust our people. And there are great examples of it. You know, one of my favorite companies in the world today is, is HubSpot, you know, the American marketing company being built by a bunch of millennials and they're approaching it from that point of view and 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 a lot of what i cover in the book comes from they wrote their sort of culture code their manifesto for business and you know their approach to policy for example is we we accept that everyone who works here is going to do what's good for everybody else so their policy is they don't even have they don't have a leave policy they don't track leave um they say your approach to everything you do is use good judgment. And we trust you to use good mm-hmm. judgment, which means favor your team over yourself, favor, favor the company over your team, and above all, favor the customer. And with that sort of 
approach and that culture, sure. things can emanate from there. Then you can have real conversations about, okay, what are we doing with Twitter? What are we doing with Facebook? Mm. What are we doing with the technology? Because there's, there is that inbuilt sense of trust of each other. And now we don't need to build in 12 levels of approval because Absolutely. somebody's going to cock something up. Yeah, but look, but it is hard. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're taking a new startup company, fine, it's a bunch of guys, uh, girls typically got together at university, mm. have an idea or they got pissed on a Saturday night and think, I've got a fantastic app. Mm. Um, and they get together and they start this business up. Cool. That's, that's, that's one company. But then you've got your traditional legacy business, the, dare I say, gray head execs, um, who are going to retire in two years. They ain't changing squat. Mm. Okay. And that's hard because now you've got to make a mental mind shift and they've got to change. How do you deal with those guys? You know what? My, my favorite audience as a speaker is who you've just described. Uh, you know, people sort of around, from, from around the age of 40 onwards, and, and some are better than others, but, but, but someone. <laughs> 40 onwards. Wow. Extra okay. stage. Would it help if I said 45? <laughs> Please. <Okay. laughs> but. You know, someone who's 45 or 50 years old is in a bit of a twilight zone because they kind of dig the technology. They don't quite understand it. You know, I, I'm, I, in, in, in my own case, I love technology and I use as much of it as I can. The one thing I can't get away from is a notebook. I, I don't know how to break free of having a little notebook to take notes and it pisses me off no end, but I'm stuck <laughs> with that. So that's our sort of twilight zone. But when, and, and, you know, human beings are fascinating because we, we strive and drive toward change. We want to change things. We want, but at the same time, we resist it. You know, we want to change things we can control. But if somebody else changes things, oh, no, we don't want to do mm-hmm. it. And that's where these senior level people who are sort of 45, 50, 60 years old, they're in the, and they're incredibly resistive to change. I remember uh, four years ago, I sat down with a, uh, it was the uh, Steel Association or something, oh. you know, managed by, Elderly Afrikaners. Beautiful. Like 45 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Easy. (laughs) And, and, and I sat down ready to answer all their questions and their greatest fear was, well, if we go on Facebook, what if people post pornography Mm -hmm. to our Facebook page? It was like, how do you get a copy? (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah. So, so yes, it is a mind shift, but where it starts to change is when they start to see the opportunity. And, and when you can move it from, we're forcing you to do something you don't want to do into, well, hold on a second. Here's an entire market that you haven't thought of. These are things you can do to reach people that you've never been able to do before. This is the level of access you've got to customers. Then, then it becomes a different conversation. Now, now we're, Talking a language they can understand because it comes down to, oh, we can make more money, we can we grow our base. And, and, and so, so it's changing uh, the focus of that conversation. So as the great expression says, show me the money. Absolutely. And once you can show people the money, then the world can actually change. You know? Yeah. Then, then it's like, oh, here, bring on the change. Bring, bring, uh, I, I love technology. This stuff is amazing. I want more of this. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick two seconds break and we'll be back <coughs> after this. I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold. We are one. Talking Tech. With the Techie Guy, Liron Segev. On cliffcentral.com. 
And we are back on Talking Tech on CliffCentral.com. My name is Liron Segev, the techieguy.com. You can check out the blog there. And in studio, I've got Tanya Kowalski. How's it, Tanya? Hello, hello. And we've got Iran Hogarth in studio talking about how to win influence and friend people. And Yeeble. doing basically business, smart business in today's connected world, right? Indeed. Because I suppose everything's connected. Everything's a, what's, you know, there used to be six degrees of separation, not six pixels of separation. Yeah. Which is like, you know, everybody's connected to everyone. Um, we we're just talking about earlier about the whole YouTube vibe and how you know, YouTube releases their insight reports where they show, show that 66% of people who bought beauty products um, said that they bought it because of a YouTube clip that they saw. 72% of people who bought vehicles said that they saw it, they bought that particular make and model because of YouTube. Um, and 62% of people who bought smart technology, smartphones, mm. again, same thing because of influencers doing uh, video reviews and um, how-to guides. So how are influencers changing the way business operates? Absolutely. I, and, I, and I think the, the first thing to know there is, is, is to understand how people can become influential. Uh, if we look at uh, Mashable, which you know, was, was started by, I think he was 19 at the time in his, in his bedroom in Scotland, Scotland or wherever yeah. it was. And, you know, uh, and now it's sort of this, this uh, mega, mega media in its own right, you know, and, and, um, so traditionally your influences were politicians, big business, or anybody who had access to media and traditional media, television, radio, newspapers, you know, if, so if you had an activist, who was trying to raise awareness about something. He'd have to get newspaper or radio and TV on sure. their side, and then big business would come in and say, you know what, we're not going to advertise with you, or we're going to cut our ad spend if you keep giving air time to this person, and now that person's cut off. Whereas anybody now has the potential of becoming an mm. influencer. Somebody, if you've got a voice about something, you can build a following. So they come from everywhere and, uh, and, and, and cover all sorts of ridiculous things as well as important things. And... So, so again, it's a changing dynamic. How do you deal with that? Uh, and, and, and there is, you know, obviously within traditional arrangements, there's a sort of a stigma about, oh, well, you know, there's a sort of fringe blogger or a, uh, Instagram and why do we care about these people? Well, we care about them because they have access to people. And anyone who has access to large numbers of people is somebody you need to think about. And I suppose that, that access is, is, is key. So, mm. I mean, because access could be used for good or evil, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, and the fact is that everybody has got their phones in their hands. They'll sit in a department store and if they've got to wait 10 extra minutes. Mm. The first thing they'll do is whip out the phone, go at, you know, hashtag account mm. or at you know, Twitter account and immediately let somebody know that they're unhappy. And how do you deal with it? And the people who are who are following these people, you know, this isn't someone who bought a database of a million people yeah. um, who may or may not give a damn. Uh, th- these are people who chose to follow another person who so, said, "I I like what you got to say." I'm I'm. That is incredibly powerful. That is an entirely different thing than yes, I've got a database of people. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> it bears thinking about it. Bears understanding and uh, and look, I think. There is, you know, over the last five years, there has been change, and I think business business do think about it a bit more, sure. and and uh, probably in many cases still try and dismiss it, but at least they're aware of it as a problem. This is there, yes. But I mean, like, <clears throat> Tanya and I, we both run our own individual blogs, and mm. um, we get approached you know, by brands to say, "Would mm. you come speak about this particular product or about this particular service?" And they do that, um, you know, in my experience, and then Tanya can kind of um, bear me out as well. They do it because of just the way that we do it. Yes. And the, the authentic voice that we have 
because we do it from a genuine passion for what for what we do. Um, and I think it comes across in the, in the writing, in the videos that we do, or the pictures that we take, because people kind of respond to that mm. as opposed to it's yet another advert. Yes, you know, and and another advert we tend to kind of shut down. And Tanya, how are you finding it? What authenticity or finding? Yeah, I mean the whole the whole voice of of being kind of a blogger and kind of where 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 you land credibility. Yeah, I think it's critical to obviously for my readers they want an honest opinion um, but also for myself I'm not going to rave about things that I don't buy into or that I would never use for my child etc yeah. etc so so you're being genuine a, about it. yeah well, it's, I've, it's I've, critical absolutely I have, a, I have a question about I mean do you, do you is do you get any kind of pressure on is there a sense of hey you know will <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there pressure so, on you to? So there's a big, there's a big debate. Okay, so this this <coughs> big debate has been going on for for for, for forever. Saying should bloggers get paid mm. um, to you know to review a product? Mm. Um, and uh, the one camp says, well, how can you be um, independent yes. if you know they're busy whining and dining you and giving you the product and you've got this brand new phone? Um, surely you're going to say all the good stuff that mm. they want to hear because you want them to give you the next phone and you want mm. them to take you on the next trip. But camp one, um, camp two says. Hold on a second. Um, you guys are spending millions on every other medium. I'm spending hours of my life and my professional mm. opinion. You're accessing my audience. Why shouldn't I get paid for that? Um, and it's up to me to be as objective as I can because that will bring in, in the views and the stats. Um, and, you know, people will come back and read more if I am being that, that genuine, if I'm being fake. You know, and you can tell people being fake. I mean, it's, I mean, we know this industry and people can, if I start talking about the latest makeup trends, mm. um, somebody knows that I'm getting paid by something. Cause it's just not my, not my thing. Um, but something that's well within my, you know, the, the realm of stuff that I cover, why shouldn't you get paid? Mm. Um, and this debate has been going on forever. And I, ever. Yeah, you're right. It has been. Well, I think it probably comes down to, you know, my, my theory on this is, is, you know, we live, if we're talking about influence, the very nature of influence has changed. Influence could, influence was for the most part bought in the 20th century. It was bought through advertising dollars, mm-hmm. it was bought through muscle, and, uh, you know, the bigger you were, the easier it was for you to be influential. Whereas now I think, you know, it comes down to trust. And, and you will have a growing following to the degree that the people you're trying to reach trust you. Um, and, and, and I think you're right. You know, consumers are a lot smarter today and they Much, can kind of, they sure. can sniff out the bullshit and they go, hold on a second. There's something else going on here. And so I, yeah, I think that authenticity you spoke about, Tanya, is, 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 is very correct. And I think there's three, there's credibility, there's trust and there's communication. You know, how you communicate your credibility in a way that builds trust. And, and, and I think that does come through very clearly, mm-hmm. whether it's blogging, tweeting, Instagramming sure. or, Running Standard Bank or you know <laughs> any multinational, you know we're we're becoming a lot smarter to that and demanding that. Well, yeah, and and it's got this transparency is is becoming much more as you say in demand. Mm. Um, never mind about the WikiLeaks of the world that everything's going to come out in the wash at a point in time anyway. Yes. Um, but right now, a, a company puts their hand up and says, "Hey guys, we screwed up. Mm. Okay, here's how we're fixing it." Gets much more credibility than those who months of investigation and behind the closed mm. doors. Hence, our government is doing such a cracker of a job, um, you know, going to discuss how to save money in Mauritius, which is my <laughs> favorite. favorite. Um, but, I mean, you see, you've seen companies will say, hey, guys, um, recalls happen in mm. vehicles all the time, mm. where a brand will say, hey, there is a problem. We are recording those. It costs them millions. Mm. But nobody has actually said, oh, wow, 
um, the recording my vehicle for my safety, Don, how dare they? Yes. Okay. So, look, it's an inconvenience. Uh, understand shit happens. We've got mm. to, we've got to make it right. And you just do. They never suffer these massive losses. The guys that do are the guys who have these, no, nothing's wrong. I mean, mm. fatality after mm. fatality. Those make you question that brand. Uh, Correct. And I, I think a, a, a a business basic today has got to be proactive transparency mm, mm. and almost to the no not almost to at the point where it's uncomfortable you know if you're really transparent it's not it's no, not no, comfortable sure. it's not hey you know when there when there is a problem and you've got to go public with it and uh, you know because there's no there's no sense that there's no control anymore you know stories will go their own way but you have some sense of control if you if you're breaking the story you can at least own it a bit own it a little bit and then also that proactive transparency builds trust, and if and if people trust you, you have some sense of control, uh, because at least they're going to be listening to you and are likely to believe you, you know. And but when you've when you've betrayed and betrayed, right, sure. uh, you know, an eventually Mac Mac statements are a little, a little uh, yeah, dude. I'm just I just like, don't know. It may be true, but <laughs> but, but but the last seven hundred <laughs> have been exactly the same. We're, we're a little bit dubious. Yes, um, but the whole thing is is about. About the, that, that whole trust element because mm. we deal you know people you know, the famous question that we keep on asking why would you go follow a brand on Facebook or follow mm. a, yeah? like nobody gets excited in the morning goes oh my god I've got to see what Colgate is doing today mm. otherwise my day is just going to be crap Outsurance uh, is sending me a tweet I've got to see got, I've, got to, <laughs> I've, I've got to absolutely check this out um, but you know we people at the mm. end of the day and the, those brands that talk to us on a human level you know mm. who don't market at us mm. but actually talk to us mm. we can relate to who doesn't want to save money on their insurance every month? Mm. That's a great question. Look, why not make the phone call and get yourself some money in case they can't? Yes. You know, all of those, mm. th- those great campaigns that, that, that we've seen. Um, and, you know, humor, like Nando's does a fantastic job. Of course. You know, w- w- with those kind of things. Um, because we talk to people. We people mm. at the end of the day. And well, the one thing with our mobile phones is that it's with us. 24 hours a day, doesn't matter what and, the and, and never, yeah, never further than about 30 centimeters away from. Uh, pretty yeah. much. You know, I, I always say, you know, when you, when you leave home, you take your cell phone, your wallet, and your keys. If you mm. forget any one of those, you've got to go back and get them. Go mm. another days with, oh, I'll just check my messages later. Oh, no. Voicemail? Who <laughs> does voicemail anymore? Mm. Um, and people get highly pissed when they've sent you a WhatsApp message and you haven't responded. How mm. dare you have a laugh? You know, yes. um, and do, and, and do something else. But those are the kind of the technologies which are forcing business to change. Mm. Um, instant gratification on the spot right now. I want to know now, now, now. Yeah, we live in an always on, always available, always different, always changing world. And, and, um, uh, sure. and you know, that's what's driving the pace of business, the pace of the world. And so that means that should be the pace of your business. You've got to be doing just that. The key here is also is, uh, you know, you talk about this in your book as well, is stop focusing on what your competition is doing. Mm. Worry about what your customers want. Mm. Give them that because at the end of the day, you know, the joke that we always have, uh, you know, amongst our little tech circle is I can go to my bank manager and say, hey, check my wonderful stats. Yes. And he goes, I love it. Where's the money? Yes. Okay. At the end of the day, we need the cash. Um, and your customers is what's going to bring you the cash, not your competitors. Yeah. Jeff B, Jeff, exactly. I mean, Jeff Bezos said years ago, he said, well, don't worry about your competitors. You know, they're not, they're not going to be sending you any money. Um, <laughs> and in fact, in, in truth, our, our competitors today are our customers. You know, they're, everyone buys from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and if you are truly, 
You know, we have this mission statement madness. You won't find a mission statement anywhere that doesn't say something about customer centricity mm-hmm. and, and professionalism and we always First, focus on the customer. And, and by and large is bullshit. You know, they, they wrote it, they kind of write what, they, you know, what, what, will, what will, <laughs> what will people want us to be saying? Yes, yes. But when that is inbuilt as a, as a, as a culture, then things change. Then it really is about the customer and the people and what we're doing for our customers and, uh, and then it becomes a different world. Sure. But it's, but again, it's bridging that gap it and getting that to that point. Yeah. But I mean, that's the companies like in the States, um, who, um, have allowed people onto Twitter. Um, like, tw- they call it the Twelp Force. Um, oh which okay. basically allows, it's the tech company, oh god, the name escapes me now, it's like a hi-fi corp, yeah. um, the big, the big one in the states. Wow. Um, basically what they said was, ask us, ask us any question about technology yeah. and we'll answer it. Wow. Um, and what was really cool is that the customers used to ask them all these technology questions, um, and it didn't say only if you buy from us will yes. we answer. They were just there to genuinely help. Mm. And as soon as they, they did that, they were instantly being seen as, guess what? The innovators, mm. the influencers, the guys who know what's going on in the market. Mm. Who are you going to buy it's your brilliant. stuff from? It's got to mm. be. For, it's got to be from them. I've got to find this name. Now. Really, 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 really. Radio Shack, not Radio Shack. No, no, it was one of those kind of um, those brand names which did really, really well and then just didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, Best Buy. Best oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, but they, they would just all of a sudden, you know, if you asked about your latest USHD TV mm. and what does that mean, if you got twelve answers from Best Buy. You're gonna go to Best Buy. Mm. It's just gonna sit into your brain some way that they have now becoming the industry standard for questions. Mm. Um, and that's 12 Force did like exceptionally, exceptionally well. You know, I think there's, again, I mean, the way, the way you were describing that, and, and you can just see the board meeting, you know, where <laughs> someone comes up with this idea and they go, well, okay, well, firstly, you know, isn't that a risk because we're kind of right mm-hmm. on the front lines? That's the first worry. The second is, well, how do they want to see this direct connection between doing that and how many extra dollars Ka-ching. it came? And, and, and that's been the issue with tech. Well, mostly with social media, you know, you know, nothing gets a social media expert mumbling into their shoes like the question of ROI, you know, wow, wow what's the return of the investment? Sure. And, and, and look, I, and there are several conversations about that. And, uh, the one tweet I saw a couple of years ago, which I thought was great, you know, they talk about ROI, but it's sort of like wearing pants to the office. Some things you just got to do, <laughs> you, you know do. what I mean? And, 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 uh, so, but how can you not see the value of your brand being an influencer, your mm. brand being the the place where people come when they've got questions about your industry. How can you question the uh, value absolutely. of that? It, it makes no sense. And if you're trying to tie, tie that down to exact number of dollars, uh, you're missing the point. The connect. Exactly. There's, there's yeah. a big disconnect yeah. there. Um, if, if you're known as the company, to, as the go-to guy, mm. as a go-to company, you have done well. Mm. That's what you want to be known as. Um, and by the way, the dollars will follow. Um, because it's just natural, you know, the trust, the element mm. that comes, that, that comes with it. And they, they will come through. Um, you talk about that board meeting. You gotta remember, you know, companies like, like Kodak, which were the number one, obviously no longer, no longer with us. The inventors um, of digital photography, you know, yes. And they did it right <laughs> and just didn't go well. And so you talk about the boardroom meeting. So you can imagine the boardroom meeting that Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica oh. had when they walked into a 127 year old print company and someone stood up there and had the balls to stand up there and say, <laughs> guys, print is dead. We have to go yeah. online. That must have been a hard meeting. Mm. Okay. But guess what? They did and they're still relevant today mm. and people still use Encyclopedia Britannica online 
paying a subscription fee as opposed to going and get those world books or whatever we used to have as kids um, yes. you know, with the editions that update daily. But sometimes you've got to have that hard conversation. Mm. And in business, business is hard. And again, the, again, there's a, there, there's a cultural element there because guaranteed there are, there are some 25-year-olds who've got some amazing ideas who understand what's going on here, but the culture yeah. within the business does not allow them to say, Guys, this is a cock up. We, this sure. is where we should be going. Are we even, are sure. you even aware that this is a problem? Um, and if that, if, if your culture doesn't allow that to question things, to bring stuff mm-hmm. from the bottom, um, then you're going to miss. And so again, it's, it's an but, important cultural issue. And don't forget the people who are always on top of the latest trends and, um, in everything and always, I mean, always, not sometimes, mm. always. Are the customers? Mm. They are the only. They're the first ones to hit Vimeo and the first mm. one to hit Instagram. And the first thing they'll do is look for your brand and then ask you why you're not there. Mm. Okay, so you can't say, "Well, our customer, well, we don't need to be." Mm. Well, if your customers are there, guess what? You're gonna need to be. The problem is a lot of the 25 year old kind of um, not wearing shoes people who are just keeping the lights on. Um, they're too afraid to speak up and mm. to say, "Listen, guys, I think we're doing this the wrong, the wrong, mm. the wrong way." And it's all don't worry. You know, every company's got this open door policy. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I've yet to see someone, st- you know, a 25 year old with their first job, mm. uh, making some nice money for a change, walking into the CEO's office and say, I think this is wrong. Yes. You know, unless you've built that culture into Absolutely. the business, it's just not going to happen. And that's why they stick around for 12 months because they go, you know what? I'm going to keep my head down. I'm not going to cause oh. any shit. I'll, I'll collect a paycheck. Absolutely. And when, when, a, when, you know, a tech company in Durban or wherever sure. offers me, that's where I'm going to go. And, and that's such a shame because you've lost such an incredible resource there because, you know, these are, again, you know, these are the people that understand or at least have a sense of where people are. And, and, and you raised a very good point is, you know, there's either an avoidance altogether of social media, or let's let's we got to be on all of them, yeah. and and then that's terrible because you got you're on Twitter, but you send a tweet and no one answers it, or you, sure. uh, <laughs> and you go well, you have a you know, nobody enters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's better to be it's better to be really good at one thing than mm-hmm. shit on all of them. Yeah, yeah. So so there is. No, it's crazy. Where are your people? Do you, you know, if you understand your customers, you know where they are. You know that they're on sure. Facebook or Instagram, and that's where you've got to be. You don't need to. Look, and the whole thing is why is that? You know, everyone goes, "We have to be," and Mao's question is why. Mm. You know, um, and the big thing is that even though your mind or your, you know, your business plan says Twitter is for support, Facebook is for our customers. At the end of the day, people are going to go bitch on Twitter and bitch on Facebook, mm. and they're going to do the vice versa. You just have to deal. Again, it comes to this effort to control. Control is yeah. a 20th – well, actually, it's a 19th century legacy of business. You know, we will control everything. We will control our customers. We will control our people. We'll control our product and how it gets distributed. The The revolutionary thing about social media was Mark Zuckerberg had no idea he was going to take over the world. Mm. You know, he launched this thing. It was pretty – it was directed and shaped and and, and driven by the people who used it, and that's so. It's all very well for you to say, okay, we're going to use Twitter for support. Okay, do your customers so, yeah, care? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, what do they want to use Twitter for? And, and you and you got to deal with it. And then the, yeah. the, the the last bit is always about everybody's got every single company has got these amazing processes and business requirement documents and BRDs and to do with if somebody bitches on mine TPS reports. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I say, well. What happens if someone compliments the brand? Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I love that Spanish. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, if that's not going to happen, you're in deep shit. Okay. Um, and the whole thing is that they keep on saying, well, if this happens, then we'll do this and we'll send them to our 0800 number and we'll do mm. But if someone says a nasty thing about your company, mm. surely it's just as valuable, if not more, to go, wow, 
thanks for reaching out. Thanks for doing it. Uh, let me deal mm. with you in a different way. Um, but companies are set in the old controlling way. Mm. Disaster happened. In other words, a tweet went out. Yeah. Um, in, like, in the equivalent of the olden days, some news story broke. Mm. How do you deal with it? You get your PR company in, and now you've got to start dictating messages and what do you want to say and who's going to say what and when. World works much faster these mm. days. Mm. Um, you cannot wait, you know, till the eight o'clock news to mm. have your side of the story. Your size doesn't even matter anymore. Mm. That is already a meme of a shark being bitter. <laughs> uh, that's already out there. Um, you just yeah. got to deal with it. Mm. Um, I suppose that's the, the thing of doing business. Sure. And again, but listen, with, with, with all of this, uh, there can be no question that, you know, now is the best time in our history, I think, to be in business. You know, the opportunities are immense and, uh, it's just such a different, such an amazing world. And, you know, the things we can do. And, you know, you have the potential of building a global brand in months. Well, and and I'll tell you what's cool is that thing like a crowdsourcing site allows you to take a product, test it, test a price point, Mm. test the usability, see if people want to buy the stuff, make changes instantly, your A-B testing, and then come up with the product that's going to be a winner from day zero. Yes. Uh, As opposed to the olden days was you invest a hell of a lot of money, launch an entire business. And then cross your, th- your fingers and thumbs and hope for the best. Oh, we've made a huge mistake. Uh, oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Nobody wants, you know, Bluetooth condoms. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> the How is this a loser? Yeah, yeah 100%. No, no sure. I think, well, you know what? I, if we think of uh, the... Yeah, yeah, time, okay. time, people. Jeez, time's running out. <laughs> I think if you look at friction in your... What, what stands between you and your customer? And do you understand what that is? And how do you reduce everything that slows down the interaction with your customer? And there are many examples of it. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, one of my favorite is I send an email to a business and I get an instant response and I'm so excited. And it says, thanks for your email. Uh-huh. We're really busy. We'll get back to you in, uh, in about 48 hours. Love and I go, that's pointless. So, so, yeah, well, I'm going to wait for you for 48 hours. That's friction. That's telling your customer you're too busy for yeah, them. I know. Or, you know, what's the price of a flash disk? Okay, well, have a look through our 120-page PDF yeah. catalog, which they attach to the email. Love it. Who's got the time for that? That's sure. that's friction. Where where is that interaction being slowed? How do you get rid of it? And you were talking about processes and blo- get rid of that. You know, yeah. policy is important, but if it's chiseled, you know, if it was written last century, it has no value now. Speed things up for your customer. All right, people, we have to wrap it up. Unfortunately, the time goes past me speaking proper business, right? Um, Ryan, your book, how can people get a hold of you, get more information from you? What's your Twitter account? Okay, well, you, you posted, away. you posted, you posted on Facebook yesterday that you were going to be chatting with me and my, my, the publisher of the book made a comment and he said, Oh, Ryan, let them know that your book's available on Amazon. It's anywhere where an ebook is sold, you can find the book. Cool. Um, or you can get it directly off my website and I'll get it posted to you directly. What is your website? Uh, RyanHogarth.com. Come. Gee, that's complicated. It is very complicated. Sure, I'm waiting for <laughs> yeah, yeah. more complexity. Just, yeah. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's the friction. And, and, and the yeah. Twitter account is Ryan Hogarth. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, yeah, or, well, you know, if you're, if you're a Googler, go to Google Ryan Hogarth, you should find yeah, me. Yeah, it'll be there. All right. And guys, obviously, we'll have all the information. Everything's available on the podcast. So if you, in case you missed the show for whatever reason, you'll definitely be able to download that. Um, Ryan, thank you very much for joining us in studio. We'll definitely do a follow-up with you as well. Awesome. It was fabulous. Thank you so much. Tanya, um, your Twitter account. Tanya Kowarski. I can do it. Come on. T-A-N-Y-A-K-O-V-A-R-S-K-Y. Not as simple as Ryan Hogarth, but, <laughs> but, they're close but we'll all get there. All right. Tanya, thank you very much for being in thank studio you for again. Having all right. And that's all from us on Talking Tech with the Techie Guy on another episode out on cliffcentral.com. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy. You on Techie. On cliffcentral.com.
cliffcentral.com.